Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with a very special guest. It is Chantel Ray. Chantel is from Virginia Beach, Virginia, and she not only owns a real estate company, but she is a writer and a podcaster in the intermittent fasting space as well. So welcome, Chantel. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about your books and your platform and and just your um you know what you've done in the intermittent fasting space. So listeners know where to find you. Yeah. So I for the last 20 years, I've really struggled with my weight. I gained weight, I would lose weight. I literally was on 
every single diet known to man. I mean, any diet you can think of, I don't think there was very many that I haven't done. I think the only one I didn't do was Nutrisystem because I think the food, you know, like I think I tasted it one time and I was like, no, I can't, can't do yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't do that one either. I, I did um, Jenny Craig. Did you do Jenny yes, Craig? I did Jenny yeah. Craig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did the MetaFast. I mean, I just, I, I didn't really did them yeah. all. And then, you know, I started thinking, I read this book and it was actually talking about wealth. And it said, you know, if you want to be wealthy, you should be asking questions about those people who are wealthy. Like if you are wanting to lose weight, I thought, well, same thing. I'm not going to ask people who are heavy. I'm going to really talk to people who are naturally thin. They've been there thin their whole life and they've never been on a diet. So that is really important to me because like I interviewed people who were thin. There were some people who were thin, but they counted every calorie or they were at the gym three times a day. I took them out of my equation because that's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be thin, but I wanted to never count calories again. I wanted to recognize true hunger. I never wanted to overeat again. And I didn't want to be on a different diet every week. And I didn't want a meal plan where it was like, you know, you have to eat this, you have to eat that. And so I just started asking women question and I interviewed, I've now probably interviewed, I don't know, probably 2,000 women. Wow. And I literally just ask them. I randomly go up to them and I say, I first I start with saying, you know, you've got a really great body. And I'm not lying. Like I only interview people who've got a great body. And I say, <laughs> can you tell me what do you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And when I realized every one that I interviewed, they either ate two meals a day they ate one meal a day or they did intermittent fasting, but they never knew they did intermittent fasting. They just were like, I don't know. I've, you know, for breakfast, I really am not that hungry. I probably don't eat until like around one. And, you know, and and I just kind of asked them questions, but no one ever said to me, I do intermittent fasting. But when I drilled down and asked them, they did do intermittent fasting without knowing it. I love that so much. I have a neighbor. We just um, moved in at the end of August, and there was like a welcome to the neighborhood kind of party across the street. My neighbor, um, she's naturally thin. And same conversation, Chantel. It's amazing. I said, you know, I do intermittent fasting because they're asking about our careers. And um, I explained what it was. She's like, oh, I don't normally eat till the afternoon, and that's just what I do. And I always worried that I should be eating breakfast, but it never felt right, so I just don't. And (laughs) her teenage son was standing there, and he's like, see, stop pressuring me, Mom. And it was just such a great conversation because she is one of those naturally thin eaters you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, my son is eight years old and it's funny because he will throw back the principles that are in my books back at me. Like if I'll say, okay, finish your green beans. And he'll be like, mom, I'm I'm at a level four on the hunger scale. I'm I'm full. <laughs> I don't want to eat anymore. And I'm like, he literally is like, tells me, all, he repeats stuff that are in my book. It's hysterical. I love that so much. So at this point, when you started trying to to figure it out, when did you actually find out what intermittent fasting is? Like what's the first introduction you had to actual, like the words intermittent fasting? When did that come into the equation? Because you were interviewing all these women and you were realizing a common thread. How did you connect it to intermittent fasting? Yeah, so actually a guy 
that I trained with said, you know, I started, and he was like 200 pounds built, but he had lost about 20 pounds himself and he had had some good success. And he said, why don't you just try doing this? You try eating in an eight hour window and doing intermittent fasting. And I, he had kind of explained to me what it was and sent me a video, I think by Dr. Fung. Dr. Jason Fung. And that was when I really understood what intermittent fasting was. And I actually now what people are saying is the big thing is, is have you heard people talking about time restricted feeding instead of intermittent fasting? Right. That's the the medical term for it. They actually use that in the, the medical journals and they don't call, you know, a daily eating window they don't say that. They call it time-restricted eating. Or if they're talking about rats, they might say time-restricted feeding. Right, right. <laughs> because they're feeding them. But yeah, that's, you know, intermittent fasting is a broad term and time-restricted eating is the eating window approach. So yeah, I'm starting to use that terminology more now just because I think people like it. It it, it sounds less daunting. Yeah. Well, Dr. Mercola, I just had him on the Fasting Reset Summit, um, which you were a part of as well. And he says that basically, in his, and everyone kind of says a little bit different, but his mind is he feels like time-restricted eating is when you limit the time of the day which you eat and it's in a 24-hour eating. And he says that intermittent fasting is when you fast for more than 24 hours. So everyone kind of has their... Well, he can call it that if he wants to, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the words are just out there. I mean, people are using... It's it's kind of like, you know, the word inter- words intermittent fasting refer to a whole range of approaches and time restricted eating is one of them. I think it's too late to get that cat back into the bag. I agree. And I agree. for him to I change the lingo. Fasting. I mean, I do too. And even in my book, I say that. It is. And I have heard that before that intermittent fasting, they would, some people that are like Merkula and some of the other experts would prefer that we only say time restricted eating when referring to the eating window approach and that. They prefer intermittent fasting for when you're talking about like a more ADF approach or 5-2 or 4-3 or the up-down day approach, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, like I said, that cat is out of the bag. It's 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 intermittent fasting. It's too late to... I agree. <laughs> and in my book, in, in all three of my books that I've written, I talk about intermittent fasting. I don't say time-restricted eating, but just so we're all on the same page. My new one that's coming out in June... I am actually, and I didn't mention those words in my first book because I was keeping it really simple, and it was also 2016 when I wrote it. But in the new one that's coming out in June, Fast, Feast, Repeat, I do call that chapter time-restricted eating. I talk about the eating window because that's the lingo that we use as well. But yeah. That's awesome. I I would like for more people to start saying, yeah, time-restricted eating. So, all right. So, um, you started off with, with, with 16-8 at the advice of someone you train with? Yeah. So I started out with an eight-hour window, and I did it for a while, and I didn't lose any weight at all. So I didn't lose weight. I think I started for the first first week, and I said to him, you know, I'm not losing any weight. This is not really working. And he was like, just give it some time. Keep going. And then I reduced down to a six-hour window. Um, but by week three, still week one, lost nothing. Week two, lost nothing. Week three, I lost six pounds yep. on the third week. And that is so common that people don't lose weight at first. And then they're, you know, because we're, 
we're recording this early. It's going to actually play in early March, but we're recording it in early January. So we've got a bunch of people who have just started in our Facebook groups and they're all like on day three and they're all like, help, I'm not losing any weight. Yes, (laughs) that's true. So after I literally, finally, once I lost six pounds, I was like, oh my gosh, that is, you know, the best thing ever. And so that's when, you know, the whole, the whoosh effect, you know, I started thinking about that because I, because I had, I think I Googled it. I was like, why am I losing? How can I possibly lose six pounds like overnight? And so, you know, I Googled it and it basically said that, you know, the whoosh effect is where when you're losing fat, that the concept is that, if you stay with intermittent fasting long enough, your cells start to release all the water and fat they build up, and that is called the whoosh effect. And it we're supposed it's supposed to sound like water leaving the cells, you know, right. it's like whoosh. Yeah, you whoosh it all out. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so that's you know what kind of started my journey, and then that's when it's funny because. I think that when I finally realized, like I kept seeing all these women only losing, you know, having the two meals a day or some of them only one meal a day. And then when I finally started about learning about intermittent fasting, I kind of put it all together. Right. Yeah. It all just was like, oh, that's what they're doing. That's what these naturally thin eaters do. And and they also don't eat probably as much, (laughs) you know, they're just, they eat and they stop when they've had enough. They never lost their natural satiety signal of, you know, that's enough food. Whereas we, we lost touch with all that. Yeah. I think the other piece that people forget about is, you know, I believe that the Bible says, you know, put a knife to your throat if you're given into gluttony. And so I don't also propose that people should like fast and then gorge themselves to the point that they're overeating because I don't think that's right and I don't think that's good for your body. Now, with that being said, I eat until I'm full and you know, that is another piece that they really just do naturally. And so what I started doing, I literally started video these people. And I videoed these ladies eating. And so there's all these different tips. So it's not just about intermittent fasting as well. There's other things that these ladies taught me that were, when you watch them eat, it's really amazing. So let me give you a story about- Oh yeah, I can't wait. This is so fascinating. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Well, first, let me give you the opposite story. Okay. So one time- I was with my assistant. This is after I'd lost all the weight and my my assistant at the time was was heavy. And how much weight did you lose by the way? Cuz people like to hear that. Yeah, I lost a little over 30 pounds. Okay. And and what year was it that you started? People are also interested in that. Probably it's been like 3 or 4 years ago. Okay. All right, so back to your story. Yeah, so I went out to lunch. I was with my assistant and she said I said, we were at Uno's Pizza. And I don't get pizza very often, but I was craving it. So I got one of those individual pizzas and I ate half of it. And she had ordered this huge Caesar salad with grilled chicken. And she ate her entire Caesar salad with grilled chicken. And then she looked at me and I had only eaten half of my individual pizza and I was done. I you know, just said I wasn't going to eat anymore. She goes, are you going to be done with your pizza? And I said, yeah, I'm finished. And she goes, okay, do you mind if I have the rest? And I was like, yeah, sure. So she ate the rest of my pizza. And I said to her, I said, let me ask you this. Why did you 
order, if you really wanted, she's like, I was really craving pizza. I should have got that. I said, why did you get the salad then? She's like, well, I just felt like it was healthier. So I got the grilled chicken salad. Well, the grilled chicken Caesar salad, and, and I'm not a proponent of calories, but that I looked it up later on the menu of like the nutrition facts. That grilled chicken- Let me just say, I bet it had more calories than your pizza. Yes, am I right? It did. Yeah, it I did. It. I knew it. It had like a thousand <laughs> calories. So here yeah. she got this seized grilled chicken Caesar salad that she thought yeah. was going to be healthy. She ate a thousand calories. Then she then wasn't satisfied because that's not what she wanted. Her body was craving the pizza. So then she ate my, half of my pizza. Well, here, here she ate so much more than I did. And here I had what I really wanted and was satisfied. Yeah. See, that's the whole delay, don't deny mindset and action, which a lot of people misunderstand. They think that don't deny means, you know, some kind of code for pig out or stuff yourself. And it isn't. And people who read the book, (laughs) I talk about that. You can eat so much that you don't lose weight or even gain weight. Overeating is not recommended. But the don't deny part is, is just what you talked about in that story. She denied herself the food she really wanted, chose the food that had the sheen of health, even though it actually had more calories than the food she really wanted, and then she wasn't satisfied and ate the other food too. Haven't we all found ourselves in that cycle? Right, exactly. So anyway, what I started doing was videoing these girls. And I was like, okay, I'm going to see exactly what they're doing. And they're so like, perfect example. One girl, I went out to sushi with her. And I, she got a sushi roll. She got one roll. She got the sushi. She ate like four out of the six pieces. She was kind of dissecting the best parts of the sushi. So like she would take the little sesame seeds on the outside. Then on the other two rolls, she didn't eat the rice. She picked out the other pieces. And I asked her, I was like, what are you doing? And she said, you know, I'm just picking out the best parts. And so one of the things that thin eaters do is they only eat it if it's, I talk about in my book, a four-star or five-star, meaning if it tastes like five-star, like a five-star restaurant or a four-star restaurant, they're going to eat it. But if it's three-star, they're like, mm, I'm not going to eat it anymore. Or the minute they it's start- It's being a food to, snob. They're food, they're snob. food snobs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the minute they start to get, is that what you're going to say, when they start to get full? Yeah, the minute they start to get full, they get even pickier, you know, about everything. So they just start going, okay, well, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat that. And one of the the thin eaters, her name's Lindsay, that I interviewed, she said, her husband, it's so funny, he doesn't care how it tastes. He just eats it. And he then he ends up overeating and he's like, you know, oh, I'm too full. She's like, the minute that the food doesn't taste good or if it doesn't taste good at all, she's like, I'm not going to do it. And that's how you live successfully. It's fueled by freedom instead of living in bondage to food, diets, and weight. That is such a huge tip right there. I want to repeat it because I've heard this before. But the, you know, these thin eaters that you're talking about that do it naturally, they just know to do it. But how many of us keep eating till the whole f- plate is done? Whereas Lindsay stops when it stops tasting good. I've actually heard that before. When your food starts tasting less delicious, that is your body's signal telling you to stop eating it. 
Yes, absolutely. And other tricks that they do, like I went out, you'll you'll actually see. So I, I developed a video course because I thought to myself, this is so magical. Like I can't even really fully describe to you on this without you actually seeing some of the things that they do. So one time, even even now, after I've lost this weight, I went out with one of the girls and she was taking soup and me and her were both eating soup. Well, when I filled up my soup spoon, I was filling up the entire spoon. When she filled up her soup spoon, she filled up half of the soup spoon. She put it in her mouth and then she set it down and then she talked. But those are the kind of things that you learn when you're watching these people eat. And it's really magical. It's just these little things that so many of us don't even realize we're doing. We don't realize we're eating giant bites of food (laughs) or eating too quickly. Or, you know, we've heard the advice to eat and then stop and give yourself 20 minutes or whatever for your brain to catch up with your stomach. But I bet these people, these um, naturally thin eaters are eating slowly enough that they they feel it when it happens. Yes. And the other thing that they they naturally know is that like one of the girls, bread came to the table and she had butter there. And I said, okay, so are you going to have the bread and butter? She's like, yep, I'm going to taste it and I'm going to see how good it is. And I just did this the other night. One of me and my Thin Eaters uh, friends, we went out to eat and we both went to this really nice restaurant, like absolutely like five star, super, super nice. And we both took the one bite of the bread and we put like lots of butter on it. And then we took one bite and she was like, mm, not worth it, is it? And I said, nope, not worth it. We both put it back. We both handed it to our husbands and they ended up eating the bread. But where did I learn that from? I learned it from watching the videos of me videoing these girls in the video course of them saying, okay, that's what I, I watched her do. I said, she, I said, how is the bread? She's like, it's amazing. I'm going to eat half of this bread. But I'm going to... One of the things she said is, as long as it's real butter. Now, if they, for some reason, only had margarine or something like that, she's like, I'm not eating it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I am so with I her. I eat real foods. I'm going to eat real butter, but I'm not going to eat margarine. Because it has to taste delicious and it just doesn't taste the same. Exactly. Yep. You know, do you remember the book, French Women Don't Get Fat? I've heard of it. I don't remember what was in it, but I'm a little older than you. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that title. Yeah. I remember reading that book and it was when I was still struggling. And it's the same exact concept that you're talking about here. The whole idea of, you know, the French women have a luxurious meal and they taste a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They only eat the real butter. They only use the real cream. They eat high quality food, but they only eat it if it's delicious and they stop. They don't get stuffed. And and that's the, you know, I tried so hard to do that for years before I found intermittent fasting. And it was a struggle for me until I became an intermittent faster. And, you know, It's like intermittent fasting reset my satiety hormones to the point that now suddenly I could hear my body communicating with me when I couldn't before. You know, like I could suddenly hear the, oh, I've had enough, but before I couldn't hear it and I just kept eating. I don't know. Maybe it was just the pause from food and then it gave me, you know, when I was having my window, I was able to think about it more and I was more deliberate with what I was eating. It's also about a a lot of times like people don't realize, so fasting 
you know, people say intermittent fasting, but it, at the end of the day, what are you doing? You're fasting. And when you're fasting, I believe that there's one, there's spiritual benefits to fasting, but what it allows you to do is it allows you to listen to your own body's voice. And that's what it is. It's like listening to what your body's telling you. And that's what diets don't allow you to do because they're like, the diet says, okay, for breakfast, you're going to have half a cup of cottage cheese and a half of a banana. And then for lunch, you're having six ounces of this. You're not ever listening to what your body is telling you to do. And that's what fasting allows you to do. And that's where the freedom comes in. And what I did was I started... I, let, let me tell you some of the questions I asked these women. Okay. So like one of the questions I said is, how quickly do you eat? Do you savor your food? Do you have any tricks to help you eat less? Name the foods you would love to indulge in and how do you eat it? You know, do you count calories? Do you count carbs? Do you carry snacks with you? That's another big one. Like these ladies for the most part, they weren't snacking. Like they were eating their meal. And like I said, they were either eating one meal, they were eating two meals, but they weren't snacking. And my my son, it's funny because my son and my husband, you know that song, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. You know that song? Yeah. Yes. They, I used to snack. We would be finished eating dinner and I would still be going in and trying to snack on something. And so they'd be like, all she does is snack, 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 no matter what. (laughs) And it's like, that's one of the biggest things that I see is, don't you see this with people just snacking all day long? Yes, I do. Yeah. And, you know, I was a teacher for 28 years and I was in the classroom. And over the time that I taught, it became just common for kids to bring snacks and we had snack time and they had their water bottle and then they just started snacking all the time. So then they would have their mid-morning snack and their later snack and they would stretch it out. So these kids are literally snacking all the time. And, you know, and adults are doing that. We may not realize we're snacking. People are drinking their lattes. That's snacking and it's constant, you know, and and so we were just constantly having something go into our bodies. And so that's what's really kind of hormonally messing us up in so many ways. But, you know, I love that you mentioned that they they don't snack. You know, my husband is like that. He is naturally thin, always has been. He used to just tell me when I was struggling, he would say, just don't eat as much. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, sweetie. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. helping. But <laughs> he's really funny because he started doing 16-8. He has a PhD in medicinal chemistry and teaches organic chemistry. And you know, never needed to lose a pound or an inch or anything, wears the same, you know, clothes that he wore in 1991 when we got married. But anyway, he um, started doing 16-8 just for the health benefits. And he's hilarious because he'll have lunch and then won't eat again till dinner. He'll maybe have, you know, a handful of nuts while he's waiting for me to cook dinner or a salad while he's waiting. But in the middle of the afternoon, like let's say I open my window at three and he's already had lunch. Now I'm having a snack at three. I'll be like, do you want some of this? And he says, no, my window is closed. I'm like, well, not exactly because you already ate once today, but okay. So he actually thinks of it as two eating windows. He has like what he calls his lunch window and then he has his dinner window and he doesn't eat outside of that. I love that actually. I mean, you know, it's his own way of thinking about it. He says my window is closed. I'm like, all right, whatever you want to call it is fine with me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You should add that to your next book. Did you add that in your book? 
Well, no, we don't want people to have like a little morning window and then an evening window because you do want to have that period of time where you're really getting deeply into the fasted state. But he basically has an eight hour window, but eats twice within it and nothing in between, which is a great strategy. And it works really well for I don't want to confuse the wording too much for people. But yeah, I do love it. I think it's funny whenever he says my window is closed. I'm like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. But if you think about it, the reason why intermittent fasting works is really because of, you know, part of the reason is because of the insulin. And so every time you're eating, then you're, you're having your body create insulin, which if this eating pattern can reduce levels of insulin and which is a hormone involved in blood sugar management. And, and so if you're reducing the amount of times, even in that window, like that's one of the reasons I feel like a lot of people who say, oh, I'm doing an eight hour window and they're eating every five minutes, that's not good. So I do like that. I just, I love that analogy for your husband. You should add it somewhere. I do agree. I think for some, well, I do think someone who's doing 16, eight, you know, cause we talk about a lot, people are doing 16, eight and they're struggling and they're not losing weight. You know, of course peak fat burning ramps up between hours 18 and 24. So you may want to push it, you know, past that 18 hour mark to 19, if you're really trying to burn fat. But like you just said, there's a lot of eating opportunity within an eight-hour window. So you're absolutely right. If someone's doing 16-8, doing it, you know, Chad Stevens style with one meal, then take your break and then have your other meal, even though between those two meals, you're not dipping back into that deeply fasted state, it still is reducing the insulin. So you're right. It would have benefits. You don't want to eat constantly for eight hours. That's not going to be helpful for most of us. Yeah. And, and... You know, some of the the women that I interviewed, some of them might, let's say they were eating in a nine-hour window, you know what I mean, where like their window is nine hours or 10 hours. They were still only eating two meals a day, and they were eating very small portions during those times as well. But they're not consciously doing it. That's the part that I think is so fascinating with with these women and also my husband. He doesn't eat giant portions of food. He never has. And if I were to count up his calories, which I I, I don't like to count calories because it's so hard. And I'm like, well, how much butter did I put in this recipe? I can't remember. So it's really difficult. When you're using real food and cooking, it's hard to add up the calories because, you know, one apple, how big is this apple? You don't know. So... You're just kind of guesstimating. But I would bet my husband eats, quote, low calorie amount of food, really, if you added it up. But I read, um, when I was writing my second book, Feast Without Fear, I read, I can't remember what it was called. It was some kind of study that they do on how much people eat from different countries. And it talked about, you know, people in Okinawa and the typical number of calories that they eat per day is so much smaller than the number of calories we're eating here. They're eating less food. They're eating real food, not junk food, but they're eating less of it. And they are living so long. You know, they have, you know, amazing longevity. So eating less food like my husband and like the people in Okinawa and like these natural, naturally thin eaters, instead of worrying that you're hurting yourself long term, it's only linked to positive health benefits. Yeah. And I think that you know, insulin resistance, I want to talk about that for a minute because I think if if listeners are not losing weight, that is, you know, I, I've seen people who 
are eating in a six-hour window and they're saying, you know, I'm just not losing weight. And I think that there's two pieces to that. Number one, the the how much they're eating in that eating window is number one. And number two is that what is insulin resistance? Well, insulin resistance is when the cells in your muscles, your fat, and your liver, they just don't respond well to insulin and they can't use glucose from your blood for energy. So to make up for it, your pancreas makes more insulin and over time your blood sugar levels go up. And so it blows my mind, but how many people see? I was, I was borderline type two diabetic before I started intermittent fasting. So when I would wake up in the morning, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to check your blood sugar level like first thing when you first wake wake up. And if you go and you look at like blood sugar levels charts that you see like on the internet and stuff like that, they will tell you that if you are over a hundred, like when you wake up, that you could be pre-diabetic. So between a hundred and hundred and twenty-five, if you're fasting, you first wake up, you take your blood sugar between a hundred and hundred and twenty-five, you could be pre-diabetic. Over one twenty-five, that means you do have type two diabetes. And then normal, they say, is between seventy and ninety-nine. Well, every time Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I was taking my blood sugar before I started doing intermittent fasting, I was like between 95 and 99, sometimes maybe 100. And so in my opinion, you're pre-diabetic at that point. Well, now that I've been doing intermittent fasting, I wake up and I have a perfect blood sugar level at 70. And what people say, I hear people saying all the time is like, oh, well, I am hypoglycemic. My blood sugar levels are all over the map. And I go... When you do, so I can't do intermittent fasting. And the joke of it is, is like when you do intermittent fasting, it helps your blood sugar levels to normalize. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, because we're on that, you know, if we think about the blood sugar roller coaster, that's the way I I like to describe it. Because if you're a a frequent eater and you're constantly snacking, you're going to be hypoglycemic because you eat, your body releases the insulin, it clears away your blood sugar. That's when you have the crash, And then you eat again and it goes up. So that's that constant up and down, up and down. And so you're constantly feeding that crash versus once your body adjusts to intermittent fasting, you're no longer having that constant insulin pump out that was going on before. And so your blood sugar isn't crashing. And that's why the clean fast is so important, by the way, because the clean fast keeps your body from pumping out more insulin in response to, you know, a diet Coke or something. And you're able to keep that steady blood sugar. Yeah. And I will say this. I actually, for me, I did a dirty, I actually did a dirty fast and I lost 30 pounds. Um, But then I lost, once I moved to doing, I, I would say probably, I think I probably lost like 20, maybe 20, 25 pounds doing a, a dirty fast. And then but I couldn't lose that additional kind of 15 pounds that I wanted to until I switched to doing a clean fast. And I literally, you know, I was like, nope, I'm switching it. And now I've actually weaned myself, um, you know, before I kind of transitioned. So what I did was I had just uh, black coffee and then I just put like a little bit of almond milk in it. And then I kind of found out about doing you know, like ghee and stuff like that. When I started doing, I started adding ghee or coconut oil to my coffee. I actually, myself, I, my weight loss stalled. So, oh yeah. Yep. I, that's so true. It's it's not, it's not a magical addition that people can put in. You're not going to lose lo- a lot of weight putting in a bunch of fat. <laughs> yes. Now I just, I don't even do coffee anymore. So I actually now in the morning when I wake up, I don't even do, because I switched to black coffee and now I don't, I just drink water. I don't drink anything else. And then I once in a while will just not even have very much water to kind of simulate. I'm not a huge fan of the dry fasting. No, but I'm I wanted not. to try it for a little bit, but I'll just drink. I don't overload with water. Like I'll drink water, but when I'm really like needing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Listen to, you listen to your body. Listen to my body. Yes. I listen to my body, but I'm not really eating my first meal. I try to not eat my first meal until around one. And then I stop eating around six. So I would say some days I eat in a five-hour window. Some some days I eat in a six. I never really eat more than a six-hour window. And when I really want to lose weight, so if I'm if I'm in a place where I'm like, well, I've gained like you know one or two pounds, I'm feeling a little bit chunkier than normal. I will then say, okay, I'm going to just eat one meal a day. And when I say one meal a day, I'm talking about in like a 30-minute time span, I'm eating that one meal. And whenever I do that, I really start seeing my body get even more chiseled. Yeah. You know, I see yeah. my, my I muscles start defining. I will lose a few pounds. And so like if I'm I'm getting ready to go to Hawaii, so um, you know, that's when I might say, okay, I'm going to do some longer fast. I'm actually a big proponent of longer fast. Um, I'm right now fasting. I'm on day two that I haven't eaten any food, and I'm going to be doing a full three-day fast. 
So that's my book that I wrote called Fasting to Freedom. That book is really all about doing extended fasting longer than just the intermittent fasting. So Waste Away is really about intermittent fasting. Yeah. I like to caution if people are doing longer than 72, that's when I start to want them to be under doctor supervision. What what do you what do you advise? Do you kind of have that same kind of a Yeah. I am a huge proponent of a a 48 hour fast. I feel like right. I yep. do those are really, safe. Yeah, I do really, really well on a 48 hour. I'm currently doing a three day fast. The longest fast. So 72. Yep, so yeah. So I'm doing 72 hours. The longest fast I've ever done is eight days. And I really didn't feel good after that eight days. And I did, um, I mean, I just I wasn't feeling great after that. So I'm I think two to three days are really great. I think, yeah, I agree. After three days, you should kind of get with a doctor and make sure every you're doing fine. And you'll see how you feel. You know what I mean? Because really after day, day for me personally, when I can do a three-day fast on day three, I feel amazing. And feeling good is always a good sign. Feeling good is is a good sign that your body is you know, on the right track. But yeah, I do like to caution people about the longer ones just because, you know, you want to have someone making sure your electrolytes are fine, that you're not having any sort, you know, you you just need a little bit more. And I, did you ever watch the movie Fasting? I think it's called, that's on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't think I have. Well, it's it's all about the health benefits of longer fasts. And I mean, it's been around for a few years now, but they, t- they have fasting centers in Europe and people who are doing these longer fasts. I think a lot of it's Russia, but they talk a lot about the health benefits. It's very pro-fasting and pro-extended fasting, but they keep saying over and over again to make sure that you're medically supervised. So that's just the only thing I want to throw out there for people. Um, I think up to 72 hours, you're probably safe on your own. But even, even so, if you're someone who's type 2 diabetic or if you have other medical conditions, talk to your doctor. You know, ever since um, this article came out in the New England Journal of Medicine at the end of December about intermittent fasting, and now it's it's more mainstream, I think a lot of doctors, are, they're not going to tell you not to do it. They're understanding that it's healthy. Yes. And one of my friends um, was telling me about how she had decided to do a five-day fast, and she had an Achilles injury. And the Achilles injury had been a year. You know, she just, it still bothered her. It bothered her. And finally, she had read this article about kind of what happens to your body after, like after two days, what happens to your body after three days, what happens to your body after five days. And she read this article about how amazing a five-day fast is for regenerating, like if you have a muscle injury or you have a broken bone or something like that. And she said for five days, she did nothing but water. And she said, I, my Achilles was better than it was before I injured it. She's like, I can go running on it. She's like, it was absolutely amazing. And so I've heard so many different stories about people doing some extended fasting for the healing purposes. Yes. That is so huge for healing purposes. And I really, I want to keep putting that out there because some people, you know, they, they love the idea of fasting. You and I love the idea of fasting. So people are like, well, if intermittent fasting is great and if having time-restricted eating is great, I'm just going to fast till I lose all the weight. So I, I like to say, 
These extended fasts, number one, if you're going past 72 hours, make sure you have your doctor supervision, but they're for health purposes. You know, your feel, your friend was regenerating her Achilles tendon. <laughs> she was doing it for healing purposes because, you know, the, the weight loss from these extended fasts, you know, you're going to see your weight pop back up again once you, once you refeed. And so don't, don't think that you're going to just do a bunch of, you know, extended fast to get to your, you know, your weight goal, because I've seen that backfire when people do extended fasting to an extreme level. In the early days of my Facebook support groups, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just a bunch of people in there. You know, I'm talking back in probably 2016. And I remember there were some people that are like, I'm going to do a 21 day fast. And almost Every time someone tried to do something like that, they ended up with huge rebound weight gain and a binging problem because their bodies didn't trust them after trying to fast like that. So we learned a lot of really important lessons back in the Wild West of, you know, what not to do. Yeah. And <laughs> don't do that. I, I agree. <laughs> I really believe that the longer fast, I believe that the longer fasts are really for number one, healing and number two, spiritual reasons. I think that people who want to do fasting for spiritual reasons, I think that's a really, I've seen total breakthroughs. And I talk about that in Fasting to Freedom of all the different breakthroughs that people have had. But yeah, I agree. The the one time, this one girl told me this for weight loss, what she did was she did a 48 hours on and 48 hours off for 30 days. And I think she lost 16 or 18 pounds in one month. And she, and she didn't have, like, I think that 48 hours, if you go longer than that, it can kind of have a little bit of that, you know, overeating and binging effect. And so that was interesting to me that she said that, that she had done 20, 48 on, 48 off, 48 on. And she did it for for 30 days. She lost, I think, between 16 and 18 pounds. And it's been months now and she hasn't regained any of that weight. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Well, I think there's one key there. You know, we have people sometimes who are like, well, if alternate daily fastening is great, 
And if one meal a day is great, I'm just going to eat one meal every other day. And so you end up basically doing 47-1 or something like that. And that is just not enough of a refeed. But I think it's interesting that she had a 48-hour refeed. I'm sure she did not eat constantly for 48 hours. She's sleeping, you know, but but she did not restrict at all for 48 hours following each 48 hours. So she was basically doing alternate, alternate (laughs) daily fasting with the 48 on, 48 off. But I think the 48 hours of unrestricted period of time is what really, really helped her there. That's very cool. I've never heard of anyone doing that strategy, but but I can see why it would work well for her or for for many people, perhaps. If you could handle a 48-hour fast, the key would be that next 48 hours don't restrict. Yeah. For me, I... I feel like one of the other things that is a benefit for me was I did for a couple, uh, for like three weeks in a row, I did for the one week I did 48-hour fast. The next week I did a 48-hour fast. The third week I did a 48-hour fast and lost a little bit of weight doing that as well. So that's another strategy that people can do if they want to try doing the you know a longer fast. Right, right. And just make sure that after you have the 48-hour fast that you have a day where you eat a little bit more. That lets your metabolism or lets your body know, hey, no need to slow the metabolism. We're not starving. <laughs> We're just fine. But you have that longer period in the, the fat-burning state. And that just makes such a difference. So tell us about all of your books and your podcasts and everything that you've got. Yeah. So the first book that I wrote is called Waste Away. And I have a first edition of that book. And then I kind of felt like I learned so much. Like I know that's why you wrote your next book, right? Because you were like, I feel like I've just learned so much. I need to add. There's so much that was missing out of that first edition. So I wrote the second edition of Waste Away. And that is truly all about intermittent fasting and all about what these women did like more tools that they did and all those questions. And I actually in the book have the interviews of me asking these questions, not all of them. The rest of those are on the video course, which I have uh, with them actually showing them eating, talking them, answering these questions. And then I just decided to do longer fast. So that's when the longer fast came in and I started writing the book called Fasting to Freedom, which really talks about spiritual fasting and it just talks about those extended fasts. And one of the things I talk about is, have you ever heard of the 5K to, it's called like couch to 5K. So I kind of wrote that and I said, think about the couch to 5K. Like if you were going to write, do a 5K, you need to prepare yourself. So if you want to do these longer fasts, you should not go, okay, I'm going to just do an you know eight-day fast and boom, here we go. Because what happened was, remember when I told you after that I did that eight-day fast and I wasn't feeling good? That what happened was I had gone to church and I was a new church that I had gone to with my husband and they had said, hey, we want to do, we're going to do a corporate-wide 21-day fast. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do a 21-day fast. Like like a 21-day complete, complete fast? fast? Yes. Oh, wow. Now, they said, <laughs> what, yeah, what they said was you could pick food, you could pick Facebook, you could pick this, you could pick okay. whatever you want. Okay. But here's the thing. Here's my problem with that. And I told the pastor already that when you, the word fast means not to eat. So when someone says, I want to fast from Facebook or I want to fast from, you know, 
going drinking or something like that. Well, the word fast means not to eat. So if you want to abstain from drinking, you're going to abstain from drinking. But if you're going to fast, that means you're fasting from food. But anyway, so I had jumped in and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this eight-day fast. And I wasn't prepared for it. Like you you shouldn't just go, okay, I'm doing this eight-day fast. That's why I was feeling sick. So I kind of come up with a plan in my book of saying, okay, just like the, the couch to 5K, let's start with an eight-hour window and let's do the eight-hour window for right. a couple of days. It's building your fasting yes, muscle. Yes, exactly. So I talk about some different strategies that you can do and even going to a 40 48-hour fast. Like, I don't think you should do a 48-hour fast before you've done a a little while of doing an eight-hour window and then moving to six hours, then moving to one meal a day. Like, get your body to to doing that. So that's what fasting of freedom is about. And then I just decided to write a, a Bible study, and the Bible study is called Freedom from Food. Um, and that is just a true Bible study where I really kind of take biblical things and you should do it with friends. Cause I think that, um, if you can find friends to do it together, it has questions in there. You could have one person be the leader. It has a video study to go with it. And so I think that when you're doing extended fasting, the key to be able to do longer fast, even 48 hours or even 24 hours, you should get a buddy to do it with you and get like a small group of like friends, accountability partners, and really get those friends going. Yeah, I think that's that's so important because you're not alone and you're supporting each other. And then the last thing I'm doing is it's called the Fasting Reset Summit, which you're a part of. You're one of the most popular guests that we have on there. Everyone talks about something different. So like I have Dr. Joseph Mercola, he's talking about time-restricted eating for fat burning. And then Dr. Will Cole, he's talking about hormones and intermittent fasting. And Cynthia Thurlow is talking about advanced fasting strategies. And Rob Stewart's talking about fasting for healthy skin. So can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. Cynthia Thurlow, I just interviewed her yesterday and she will be on the episode right before you. So (laughs) So you are episode... 71, Cynthia Thurlow is episode 70. So I just wanted to put that out there. Oh. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. And you you kind of really talk about clean fasting versus dirty fasting and all the, the effects of that. And so everyone just brings a new perspective. And every time I interviewed these people, they were like, I feel like I am a fasting expert and an intermittent fasting expert. I felt like I'm not going to get a lot out of it. But you know, every time I listen to one, I got something new out of each person. It was just, it's just another nugget and another nugget and another nugget. And they say things in a different way. And it's just, it was really amazing. So even if you go, mm, I'm a, I'm a fasting expert. I don't need to listen to this. Please listen to it because it's free and it is something where you can, you will learn nuggets, even if you feel like you're an expert. Now, by the time this comes out, this this podcast interview, it will already have happened. So I have a oh, link. It will. it will because yeah, because this it, okay. the the fasting reset summit is happening in end of January. So this episode will be out early. But I do have a link on um, jenstevens.com on the favorite things tab. So even though listeners will have missed the live, they still can go back and purchase access. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, they can. So they absolutely. can go back. Yeah. So if you go to jenstevens.com and you go to the favorite things tab, because, you know, people listen to podcasts all 
in the future, someone might be listening to this in 2022. So if you go to the favorite things tab of jenstevens.com, hopefully you'll still be able to find access to it there. Um, But don't worry, I'll I'll promote it in the Facebook groups. People will, they, they won't hear it in time on the podcast, but they'll hear it in the Facebook group. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. But yeah, it's on my website now. But by the time this airs in March, it will have already happened. But still, I think, you know, paying for the access to it is it's worth um, it. valuable. It, yeah. It's worth it because they also get the transcriptions, which is really good, which is really powerful if you actually will read it while you're listening. The amount that of content that you will actually absorb when you're doing that is really powerful as well. That's true. I used to teach that to my my um, elementary students. If you're reading it and listening to it at the same time, it it, it gets into your brain through two different pathways. You're more likely to retain it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, so people can go back and listen to that even though they missed it live. But hopefully some people will have caught it live that are listening. Yes. <laughs> and they can tell their friends, yes, that was worth it. That was that was a great um, experience. Well, I'm really looking forward to it then because I always like to hear what these um, experts have to say. Well, you were amazing. I think you were the best well, thank one. You. So. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. See, I'm a talker. I- <laughs> yeah, your, yours was amazing. <laughs> The teacher comes through, you know, all those years that I, when I was in school myself in kindergarten through, you know, K-12 and my teachers were like, you talk too much. You talk too much. Well, see, look, now there's a benefit to that. Yes. <laughs> um, so besides just losing weight, how else has intermittent fasting really changed your life? Yeah. So one of the things that I have a problem with is right on my forehead and I have one spot like on my stomach is I have some psoriasis. And for me with fasting, that's another reason why sometimes I'll do an extended fast because that's when I really see my skin clear up. And it's just, it's really annoying. Like I cover it up with foundation. So most people really can't tell that it's there because I just, it's on my forehead. So I just load up the foundation. But that's when I see, like people will say to me, like when I'm doing an extended fast, if I even do a 48-hour fast, they're like, Chantel, your skin looks amazing. And so that's a big benefit that it's it's done for me. Also with my thyroid, I used to be on thyroid medication and one of there's two things I did. One, I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary called The Root Cause. Have you heard of that? You know, I have not. It's, is it about thyroid? It's well, it's about root canals. Have you ever had a root canal? Oh, 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 oh. No, I have not oh, had a root don't canal. Don't ever but get one. I have that's what I've heard. <laughs> that it like actually makes the infection go deeper. Yes. So I into your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I there's two things that I did to help heal my thyroid because I used to be on uh, a long time ago, I was on 125 milligrams of Synthroid, and it was just making me, before I lost the weight, it was making me just heavier and heavier. And every time I went, they were like, your thyroid's not working, your thyroid's not working. And so the combination of intermittent fasting and me getting, I literally pulled two of my teeth where my root canal was. And th- there is a great documentary, but it talks about how those two teeth that I got removed are linked straight to my thyroid. And that's why my thyroid was not functioning was because of those two teeth. And as soon as I got those two teeth removed, 
and the intermittent fasting that I'm not having to take thyroid medicine anymore. That's fascinating. Yeah, I have heard that root canals, I mean, I don't know, any dentist list, dentists listening, you might be like, that's not true. But <laughs> that natural health community talks about um, root canals. And and so I've, I've heard that. I can't, but the fact that you have seen amazing health benefits after having that change, that does, you know, it echoes what I've read. So I haven't experienced it myself, but um, it's definitely something to think about. If someone's struggling, they can think back and say, huh, you know, and do some research on it and see. Well, I mean, I feel like I am the perfect example. Like, how could you, how can you see that, you know, when I, when I had the root canal, I had all these thyroid problems. I was still doing intermittent fasting and they were still, I was still not completely healed of it. And then my thyroid was better from the intermittent fasting. But then as soon as I pulled those teeth that, I wasn't able to get off all thyroid medicine, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that that's certainly a compelling yeah. story. I would definitely, definitely keep that in mind if anyone has a similar struggle. We are almost out of time. So um, you're a talker like me, which I like. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking to a talker. Um, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? Or is there anything you wish you knew when you started? Yeah, I would say the clean fasting, like you said, I feel like I wish I felt I feel like if I really understood the clean fasting, that I would have lost the weight so much faster. And I feel like it would have just been an easier transition for me. I feel like um, one of the things is just the the overeating, like that was a big piece for me is that I had to kind of really dig deep and really recognize. So one of the things I talk about in my book is that besides intermittent fasting, I only want to eat when I'm truly hungry. And that recognizing true hunger, fasting helps with that. But I also could like, for example, like I love what you said about your husband. I can't keep thinking about what he said. I love that analogy. But but what I would do sometimes even in a six-hour window is I would, let's say, eat lunch. And around two o'clock, let's say I would be like, okay, I, someone would come into my office and I was stressed and I wasn't hungry. I just wanted like a cookie or some chocolate or whatever it was. And I'd have to stop and ask myself, am I truly hungry right now? Like, why am I eating? Am I eating because my stomach is growling and I'm physically hungry? Or am I eating because I'm stressed and I want to eat a pan of brownies because everything at work is falling apart? And so that's the other piece that is really important to dive in is to get that. And that, I believe, is where I really learned from those thin eaters. And I've really asked them about that. And that's what was so powerful. Yeah. Just because your window is open doesn't mean you should eat throughout it. That's just really, really key. Mm, you know, it's, it's, it's you have the opportunity to eat because your window is open, but only if you really are hungry. Yes. And and you do over time learn to, to listen to those signals. Well, Chantel, it has been fabulous to talk to you today. I think everyone's going to love hearing your story. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're amazing. And thank you for all the work you're doing. I feel like you're making oh, such you. a huge impact on the intermittent fasting community and everything you're doing. I know it's a lot of work and you're 
changing people's lives. So thank you. Well, it's the best work. I mean, I loved teaching. I loved it. But this work is so rewarding rewarding. in such a different way. And I know that you feel the same way. It is. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.